Hey guys, welcome back. <laughs> As you can tell, we're still trying to get used to this whole format here because we're just used to Beth and I just go off in a rant and tangents and just talk all the time about stuff, stuff and silliness and like we'll have like two different conversations going, but we didn't know what's going on. It's a weird thing. It's kind of interesting to listen to, I guess. So Beth, how are you? I'm good. Are you still a bit freaked out from last week? A little bit. A little yeah. bit. Grace and I had a bit of an adventure last week at Black Creek Pioneer Village, and that is the teaser, because you'll have to stay tuned to a future episode to hear all about it. Yeah, so I may or may not be possessed and haunted by two entities. Thank you very much. <laughs> one of a child and one of a disgruntled old man. And I may have just been scared. <laughs> so, yeah, it was... Um, that was intense, and it, I gotta say, it's been over a week. I'm still shaken up by it. I, I don't know. It was just like, I'm not shaken up to the point where I'm like, well, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little bit free sometimes when I show off the light, when I go to bed. <laughs> Chris laughs because I jump on the bed because I'm scared anything under the bed Aww. is trying to grab me. But it was intense, and it was... Hmm. I'm trying to use a PG word. <laughs> to describe my experience but we'll just let your minds wander and take that in yeah. use your own adjectives yes yes yes, yes. so <laughs> yeah so please stay tuned for that one in a few short weeks and hopefully probably that maybe we, the next one yeah yeah the next one we are going to hopefully cover our experience and the story of Black Creek Pioneer Village so with that again thank you for joining us and so stay back and relax and enjoy and I love Beth, I guess. So this episode, we have two very exciting places to talk about. One is the Cineplex Odeon at Eglinton Town Centre. Those of you from Scarborough, Scarberia, know whoop, it well. Whoop. Sorry, that's and, a little shout out there. <laughs> and Grace will be discussing... Don Jail, which is somewhere I've been obsessed with for the longest time. So there's actually a kind of a connection to the Don Jail. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go first because mine's a bit shorter. Absolutely. So the Eglin Town Center Cineplex, it's reported to have three ghosts haunting it. An adult man, a young boy, and a young girl. And reported things seem to be garbages moving on their own, doors shutting, just that kind of creepy, creepy feeling. And in my research, the only kind of firsthand account I could find for it that someone posted was in January 2010, so about eight years ago. Really? Yeah. I, I think that goes back a while than that. Okay. So even if we give it, you know, I think a lot of people hear the rumors before they put it down. So even if you give it five years, 2005, because the Cineplex wasn't there until... Oh, no, I had this in my notes. Where did it go? <laughs> it was open in 2000. Mm -hmm. Before that, it was part of a car factory. Mm -hmm. And before that, I'm going to talk a bit about, because you guys all know my ongoing theory about... Scarborough, World War II, and the creation of urban legends, because there's very few before World War II. And I got something to add on to that later. Excellent. Okay. Do you want to go now or later? No. Yeah, okay. I'll go after. So basically, before um, World War II, it was just farmlands. Just farmlands. Not much there. And then in 1941, the General Engineering Company of Ontario opened a munitions plant. And it was really cool, because there was a large scale of women in that workforce. And to this day, although most of them has passed on, the few who have worked there are very hesitant to talk about it because they all had to sign secret CEOs. Really? Yeah. I can. Mm. Yeah. And one thing, there's a great historian named Barbara Dixon who wrote a book on this exact plant. And her whole thing was saying that she had a lot of trouble getting people to talk. But when she did, she found that there was four kilometers of underground tunnels 
Again, the tunnels! Actually, when I was reading this, there's a couple of rumors that think there's a link from the ammunition plants to the guild, and then from the guild to Camp X, and then from the bluffs to the guild to Camp X. Okay, and so I'm going to intervene. I'm going to interject, rather. So I went to Centennial College at the Warden campus. Okay. And it's on Warden and St. Clair. And that used to be an old ammunitions factory. Yeah, we actually went down to the basement and we found old shells in the back of the dirt. That Like, this place, guys, my friends who are listening to this, Karen and Jay, you guys know what I'm talking about. When we went down there, there's a couple times we tried to go down there. And it was Centennial College before it closed down. And now there are houses there, the mm-hmm. townhouses. Okay. But before that, it was the most desolate, dark, dank, <laughs> the most depressing college campus ground you could have ever been. Like... Here's a grand idea. Let's open up a college and over this ammunitions factory. <laughs> Groundkeeper Willie's in the background just being like, Arr! he's getting mad with it. Like, you got, you got darn kids with like in his rake and trying to chase us out of the, <laughs> it's so true. But yeah, and it's funny. So I wonder, because it's not too far from. Yeah, it's about, it's a, it's a intersection south. Yeah. So college. I'm thinking, is there a tunnel from there? Oh, there's 4km of tunnels underneath, so you never know. But this is my thing. I don't know if they'd still be there because it had a switch to... Okay, I'll run it down. After the plant, it became just like a general factory for things like General Electric and Mm -hmm. Frigidaire. Mm -hmm. And then that area became the Golden Mile Plaza and then the Eglin Square Shopping Center. But behind the movie theater, it is a public transit garage. Mm -hmm. So I... I don't know. The skeptic in me thinks they would probably utilize a lot of those tunnels for, you know, mechanic work and storage. And I just, I don't know. The skeptic in me doesn't think that's a big mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But I found some cool by the numbers stuff on here. So back in the did day. Did you paint by the numbers? Did I? I thought you said paint by the numbers. I'm like, Beth, your work, your research is becoming more elaborate. Mine's just on a piece of paper. Yours is done by art. I'm doing an interpretive Bob Ross painting of World War II Scarborough. Bob Ross. It could be because back in 1941, they had 172 buildings for the ammunitions plant. Over 256 million munitions were filled by the plant. Hmm. 21 buildings still existed after 75 years. They were only supposed to last for five. So maybe it was the college. You never know. There was one death. But it didn't actually occur because of the ammunition plan. They had shuttle buses that would take the women from a certain point into the the theater, into the ammunition (laughs) plant. And there was an accident with the bus and one person died there. But Mm -hmm. it wasn't related to the plant. Second, there was another death by Eglinton Town Center, the movie theater. Now, that one happened in 2009, and unfortunately, somebody was shot. But it was in the parking lot, not in the theater. And you respect because of the family, you know, that's more recent, Mm -hmm. more recent passing. But that was the only kind of tragedies I could find associated with. Well, it's funny because the whole, I remember because back in the day, I'm not going to, you know, out myself how old I am, but back in the day when... I believe it was Sears. It used to be a Sears or something. It used to be like some type of department store mm-hmm. where all I guess where Rona is now. And like, because I remember okay, we used yeah. to have a GM, right? Was it GM? Yeah, I think there, there was a whole bunch in the area. There was GM, there was Frigidaire, there was Dermal Electric. But before, like you said, it was a, a GM plant there? It could have been. Could've, I think it was a GM I plant. I think it was GM too. But. Yeah. 
So I remember that being there, and they used to be like a Sears, and they used to be because the, the water towers around there. Remember the water tower that's still yeah. across there? I remember, still there. I believe it's, it's Sears, but I remember as a child. If you guys remember what large department store that was at Ward in Eglinton, where the theater is now and where the plaza is now, let us know. Let us know because I don't, I don't remember. I just remember going there as a child. I just remember really loud music and just a lot of adults and just. That's just beyond my That's, time. Yeah, so I don't, I have very, very vague memories of that department store. But interested enough, which is funny, because in that neighborhood, and actually not too far from me, mm-hmm. just up around, like in the vicinity around where I live, yeah. and further up, I would say east, mm-hmm. there's a lot of wartime houses. There, well, this, the whole area of Scarborough really boomed post-World War mm-hmm. II. Um, so there's a lot. I think that's why most of our urban legends start almost 20 years after the end of World War II. Because the kids who moved into the area at the time, they grew up, they turned their 20s, they started. So I think that's the main reason why that's kind of part of Scarborough's history. It's because mm-hmm. so much changed after World War II. Mm-hmm. But I got to call another the skeptic in me is coming out with the doors shutting and things like that. <laughs> it's, it's a big movie theater. Mm-hmm. You know, wind can blow, people can walk by. It's a very accessible building as well. So there's a lot of electrical circuits in the doors, be it for wheelchair accessible openings or locks, with keypads. There's there's a lot of stuff like that. Kids sneaking around. Yeah. So I just, with the door shutting on its own, I'm going to have to call. BS? Yeah. That's fair mm-hmm. enough. No, that's fair enough. And that's the thing because it, it, it does go so far. But like I said... It's cool. We actually, like, I'll show you later on one day. Like, but oh, yeah. there's actually these small wartime houses. Like, they're still standing. Oh, yeah. no. And, like, and the coolest things ever. Like, they're tiny, but they're so cute. And they're actually just still intact, which is crazy to see. And actually, a lot of these streets are named after yeah. war my, veterans. My grandparents' house was built just after 19, uh, just after the world. I forget what, 1940-something. I want to say 48, 49. And it's still, it's rock solid. It's not. Mm-hmm. I love those houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, England Town Center, if you had an experience, let us know. I could see the man, the older man, haunting the area. I have trouble with the kids. And there's and always no, weird stories with kids. Yeah. They're always about kids. And no one's described what they were wearing that I have found yet. It's been more like, I said to my friends, do you see this kid? And, like, one person said yes, and the other person said no. And, like, mm-hmm. which is not putting a pass, because I'm sure some people have experiences like that. But I'm just like, all right, it's a, let's be honest. The average age of people who work in movie theaters are, what, like, 21? Like, I know there's yeah, a wide range. There's, there's teenage, mostly teenagers. Yeah. They're not, and most of the people who patron are younger adults. Not all the time, I'm generalizing here. But mm-hmm. who's who's more apt to go see the late night shows? Mm-hmm. You go see a scary movie come out, you think there's ghosts everywhere. Which we're actually doing tonight, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be one of those weirdos we're who go to those ones. Like, but, I don't know. So this one, if you've had experiences, let me know. I am a frequenter of this movie theater. Mm-hmm. Never felt weird. Never had any odd experience. I've gone to quite a few late shows, but I don't work there. So if you work there and had an odd experience, you want to prove me wrong, I'd love to hear it. I just, this one I think is more of a little, little nod to World War II and less about the hauntings. Okay. Well, thank you. I'll pass on to you for the Thank dungeon. you. Well, that's awesome. I feel like it should be called Beth just like poo-poos on all these haunted shows. <laughs> yeah. like Beth and her nonsense of the paranormal in hauntings. The non-hauntings of Beth Robinson. Okay, so with mine, Don Jail. So I've been obsessed yes. with Don Jail for a long time. Not because I'm obsessed with prisoners, but prisons and cells are just like, 
I've <laughs> Beth is laughing. Like, yes, I'm obsessed with prisoners. Okay, if you're a prisoner, listen to this. Kudos, I'm not making fun of you. Okay, I'm just. She doesn't need any more pen pals. So thank you. No, I've got enough. <laughs> um, but mostly by my students who leave me little notes all the time. So the Don Jail is somewhere I've been always interested in. Now, if you guys are from Toronto, you guys are probably familiar with that iconic building right at Girard mm-hmm. and Broadview, like just along the DVP. You'll see it. It's just this very colonial style building. It was, I'll explain to you guys in a bit, but as a, I used to pass by it when I went to Ryerson. I used to pass by that building all the time when I drove in and, you know, because I lived not too far. So I used to drive down and I used to pass by it all the time. I was just always fascinated by it. And before it closed out, I was like, I always want to go there. And they would do the doors open ever so often. And I always missed it or not even missed it. Every time I wanted to go, it was sold out where you couldn't get the tickets. So it's, just, a, it's a hot commodity. It is a hot commodity. A hot it is everybody like, knows it. everybody knows this place. Um, I, oh, I actually emailed <laughs> Ghost Adventures to go to an investigation a couple years ago. Them. I did. I did, yes. I am a fan Where girl. Are Zach Bagans? Come on. Yes. We need Zach Bagans and Aaron, and I need you guys to come and check this place out. Yes. Yeah. So if you do listen to this, or if anybody who listens to this out there who knows a Ghost Adventure, just pass it to them. Yeah, this place is notoriously iconic for Toronto. And as I said, I've always wanted to go in this place, and I can never go. Then I found out recently, so they closed it down to rebuild and they did the Bridgepoint Hospital and then I found out recently that you can still go to the building and you can kind of do your own self-guided tour people so you can actually go there obviously (laughs) exactly if you're out of the city do go I do recommend it it is a beautiful building it truly is so here is about Don Jail so the Don Jail is like I said located in East End it was built between 1858 and 64 in 1864 with a new addition that was added in 1950. The Don Jail was also known as the Don Gallo or the Toronto Jail. It was originally built to house 184 inmates. It had two wings. One east wing was for the males and the west was for female inmates. So they actually had two, which is interesting because I always thought they kept separate, but it makes sense in the 1800s, you yeah. put them together, right? Just like these have poor houses when they used to put drunks, desolates, rapists, pedophiles with mothers and families who couldn't afford so, to upkeep their house. So, they'd have, so it was a very sad time. And thank God we have smartened up and we know better now. So the Donjo was designed by William Thomas. I don't know why that just sounds so regal. William Thomas. A hundred years after the new extension was added, like I said, it was designed and constructed with a distinctive facade in the Italianic style. That's very hard to say. That is a tricky one to say. Yeah. So... It was like a non-Renaissance kind of inspiration that William did get inspired by. So if you look at the building itself, you can see it's got this, you know, this kind of a gothic, you know, Renaissance. I'm putting it up right now on our what's it called, Instagram. Mm-hmm. So you guys can see this. And we are going to have pictures of us up there and soon, hopefully by next week. Oh, yeah. So it is one of the oldest pre-Confederate structures that still remain in Toronto. Like, how sad is that? Like, yeah, I, mm, don't get me started. I know, <laughs> this is this is Beth. This, this is like, a whole this other is podcast. Your, this is like it is sad. I have a huge issue with the way we treat historical buildings in Toronto. Oh, I know. Okay, okay. If you don't, Toronto is like an old historical town, but city, and just we don't unfortunately preserve our historical buildings, which is so sad. We demolish them to create these hideous condos. So, and I, yes, I did say hideous condos. I understand we have places to live, but people need to live. Convert but them. Convert, convert them. them. That's what I say. Uh, mm. So, 
I'm sorry, I'm like still going. I know, I know. So we're gonna we're gonna move on because Beth is like is literally going fifty shades of red right now because she's very angry. Sorry, they take a drink there. So this is interesting. So I didn't know this. There was famous like apparently the Donja Hell is stint of famous like Ooh, highlight. Yeah. Oh. So there was these two criminals in nineteen fifty two that the CBC actually covered about the Don Jail. So the CBC is a Canadian broadcast channel that we have. It's, you know, it's large in Canada. A lot of Americans actually do know about the CBC. It's covered, I covered the story about the Don Jail when the two notorious bank robbers known as the Boyd Gang who broke out of the jail not once, but twice. Okay, shame on one, shame on me. I know. Okay. Okay, that just totally reminded me of George Bush when he said that she, never mind. Okay, I'm going to George Bush Jr. Okay. So the boy gang, so the Boyd, I just called the boy gang. So the Boyd, the Boyd gang was a notorious criminal gang based in Toronto, named for the member of Edwin Alonzo Boyd. The gang, and that just sounds such an old timey name, doesn't it? It does. Hello, my name is Edwin Edwin Alonzo Boyd. The gang was a favorite of the, sorry, I'm just like, what would it it be like Al Ed or Alid? Like what would his his short form be? Al? I don't know. Al. I think Ab. And by, like, I don't know. It'd be cool. He has a cool name. I just wish he would, like, you know. I know. So, I just love that that's the name they gave him, the Boyd Gang. That's hilarious. So, the gang was a favorite of the media at the time because their sensational actions, which included bank robberies, oh. jailbreaks, <gasps> beautiful women, uh. gang fights, manhunts, and Darren captures and escapes. Oh. So, CBC I just... had a bit of a crush on those guys. Uh, no, they were, I guess, the media darling for a bit because they were just... That's so interesting. I know. I guess a lot of stuff wasn't happening in 1952. This is a pretty slow, <laughs> pretty slow, slow day in, in the news. So, so I do have a little history of the Void Gang. I'm not going to put it. I'm not going to talk about it. You guys can easily go Google them. I found the CBC page for them, so I'll put it on the Facebook. Perfect. So, I'm now going to talk a bit more of the CD side about the Don Jail. So, I do have, I was saying, a connection. It's not really a connection, per se, like I knew anybody who went there, but I do mm-hmm. have a neighbor who was a former guard for almost 40 years there. Can I just say kudos to all the people who do that type of work? Because I can't... Correctional working? Oh, yeah, correction. such a hard job. So thank you yeah. guys and kudos to you guys. So that's... correctional working we know is not easy and it has yeah. not never been easy and it's been a very, very tough job. So the living conditions originally designed to as reform prison is when dubbed as a palace for prisoners because of its progressive approach to wellness and living conditions for the inmates. The reputation of that jail soon changed from a palace of wellness to hell due to overcrowding and factors such as rats, bed bugs, cockroaches. Like, and it was absolutely deplorable. And that was the reason why the building, basically the closure of the historical building was closed in 1977. That's where they had their other sides and they were using it. And the, then the building itself closed in the 2000s. Okay. But yeah, it was oh, actually so deplorable conditions. Even my neighbor said, you know, back in like back in the early two thousands, it was still in those living conditions, bed bugs, oh. cockroaches, like you would actually see it. Yeah. That's brutal. That's a long time. Yeah. Thing. The Globe and Mail actually did a really great article. So a lot of the stuff where I got where I'm reading from does come from the Globe and from I've got other National Post. So those are a few of the places where I got a lot of my yeah. research I'm from. I don't think there's any other like quote unquote 
penitentiaries or jails open back in the 1950s within the Toronto area. I don't think... No, that's why it was called the Toronto Jail. So it's just got to be that one. Yeah. So Kingston and Audit would probably be the next one. Next one. And those are pretty um, far. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we obviously know about the deaths and jails. Like, we always hear because mm-hmm. the capital punishment was abolished in 1976. And before that, we used to... Canada used to do hangings. Yeah. And there's a lot of places that actually, you know, like the Don Jail is not the only place where they had the hangings. Like, we had Old City Hall. Yeah. One of the old courthouses, which is now an amazing restaurant, which is my favorite restaurants. For our friends up north in Ottawa, you can actually stay in a hostel where there is a deer, where there is Canada's last hang. Which I think we should still go there. We should do a weekend. We should do a road trip. (laughs) So, as I said, there was like, the Don Jail was a site for numerous hangings. An estimated 34 men had died at the gallows. Other sources claim 26. I'm not too sure. Like I said, the research I was doing, there was two different numbers and there's Various numbers. And, and you know, some people get really nitpicky. They'll be like, oh, what if they died from their injuries from the hanging, but not the actual hanging and this and that. So exactly. Like, exactly. It was more than 20. Yeah. It was all it's just, Exactly. And not to mention the deaths between inmates. Mm. Because deaths do happen between prisoners where, you know, if you look the person the wrong way, if you, you know, it just yeah. it easily happens. happens. So they don't talk about that. No, Which I was trying to find, and I assume a lot of a lot of stuff would be kind of swept under the, the rug. rug as well. Mm-hmm. So. Well, Canada, we got a pristine image to uphold, right? <laughs> Everything's where are these friendly folks that we do. We, we are friendly, but we we are not as clean as squeaky as we would hope yeah. we were. Sadly, exactly. So. Which is sad, like I said, because I guess I was trying to do as much research and I was looking at all these different research. So if anybody knows exact number of deaths that did actually happen in the jail itself, not from the hangings, but other ones. Now, mm-hmm. that being said, my neighbor told me, and I was going to talk about that later on, but mm-hmm. I think it's a great segue. So when the Don Jail was first originally built in 1800s, right? If you think yeah. about it, mid-1800s. There was, and I didn't know about this, there was catacombs built in the jail. I not did not gallows, know that. Not gallows, because so the gallows sense. are always in jails. Yeah. But they actually had catacombs. And that makes so much sense, though. Makes sense. Exactly. Well, because it's by the river and it's all this stuff, right? Because the Don River is right there. Now, apparently, how prisoner, um, or I guess, prison guards would deal with, because again, we're looking at 1850s, or like humanity was not the best. Human rights was not even existing yet like just how they treated humans and it was horrible so apparently if you were poor and you were seen as a drunkard or drunkard or somebody who's intoxicated and if you came from a lower class if you were thrown in jail a lot of times if you have no family in the 1800s right no no for sure okay 1800s i'm talking about the 1800s when the jail first opened up so 1850s when this jail was opened so over 100 years ago when it was built Apparently, the jail guards, mm-hmm. how brutal they were, they used to basically beat the men to half to death and let them die down at the gallows. Oh. So there's those unexplained yeah, deaths. And these people will energy. not be documented, right? Right. Because they didn't have a name. A lot of them were immigrants. So during the 1800s, when the jail first opened, mm-hmm. a lot of prisoners that were there were a lot of like immigrants who could afford or got in fights or drunk. They would be put into the jail. Yeah. And if they didn't have families to look after them, because, again, they're immigrants coming through, yeah. a lot of them were basically beaten to death and then brought down to the gallows. Or they were basically starved to death, brought down to the gallows, and then their bodies were discarded later. Oh, and can you imagine with the language barrier, too? Yeah, exactly. So, again, that can be all 
urban myths and mm-hmm. urban legends, but that is some of the stories I've heard about the jail and when it first opened. Wow. And honestly, I don't want to believe, but it does not, it wouldn't surprise me because of how humans were treated back in the day. Again, yeah. think about it, 1950s. There's no human rights. There was no rights for children. There's nothing. Education. 1850s, everything. right? 1850s. Saying 1950s. Sorry, guys. Uh, I don't like you saying 1950s. I meant to say 1850s. Sorry. <laughs> okay, so I well, digress. The, the 1950s didn't have a lot of civil rights movement moving forward yet either. So. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So the Don Jail um, had the most hang-ins of any other regional jail. The wow. final two hang-ins occurred in December 11th in 1962. Arthur Lucas and Ronald uh, so Turpin, the convicted in separate murders in uh, the various cases and were put to death inside the Don Jail. The best-known Canadian hangman, such as John, I think is Radcliffe, and Arthur Ellis. Whoa, the fact that they even have their names. That's yes. pretty... Uh... And Camille Blanchard, the, the hanged man at Toronto. Like, these were the hanged man. Like, this is where their job. Can you imagine? I when they released that information. Because usually they keep that on the like. Well, I think this is because it's so long ago. These That's were true. the Public record came records came through. Okay. I think after so many, I think 50 years okay. after that you can all the show, it's basically free. Yeah. It's out there. Right. But like I said, you can actually go online and find it. That's wild. Oh, my God. So, again, I... I don't know how I would feel to have a job like that. Yeah, that would not be a... Yeah. So, the jail actually saw three double hangings. Roy Hot Rum. His actual name is Hot Rum. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not loving <laughs> William McFadden. Those guys were actually... So, like I said, these were like three double hangings. So, there was Ron, Roy Hot Rum, William McFadden in August 1921. <gasps> Leonard Jackson and Stephen... Sokan in December 1952, and then Arthur and Turpin, again, those ones who were who were uh, hung in December 11th, sorry, hanged, not hung, okay. hanged December 11th in 1962. So we actually had oh. two, or sorry, three double hangings <gasps> in these jails, in the gallows. So the National Post actually talked about this article. So... Back in execution, so the execution of the Don Jails had this medieval air to them. So before 1905, mm-hmm. they occurred outside with crowds of onlookers peering over the jail walls. Afterward, they took place in a dark shaft built in the former washrooms inside the prison. Now, my neighbor told me about this. Wow. That's where the prisoners actually stay. Okay. So there's actually the gallows. So they removed the prisoners when there's a hanging back in the day. They okay. removed them out. Where they were sleeping and where they were staying, move them out, hang the, you know, they'll hang the prisoners and then put the rest of the prisoners back in. Whoa. I just can't imagine. So the practice of burying the dead and men inside the exercise grounds walls stopped in 1930. So they were burying the dead in the exercise yard walls. So there's because there's a small graveyard. That's where they put a lot of the bodies. The last executions in the Don Jail took place in 1962 so that was too long ago no not yeah longer than i thought it would be yeah so in 2007 they like i said they converted the administrative building where they used to be the uh sorry they were the mm-hmm. old don jail used to be the original building it was closed down because they built the other prison around there and then they tore that down they kept the original building which is now used as administrative building for the bridgepoint hospital it's beautiful. Check it out if you can go to our Instagram. Like, 
the building is amazingly beautiful on the outside. It is a beautiful building. Now, in the excavation, when they were building up the old building to make room to minister, they actually discovered 15 remains of the bodies. 2007, friends. Yeah, that's 2007. Like 11 years ago. So, again, this is an article from the Globe and Mail. It says, um, there was lots of burials at St. James that aren't marked. At any cemetery, he said. They sat at the Dallin Jail Yard unmarked for over 100 years. Can you imagine that? So the decision at the time was not to do anything at all. And can certainly, like, they didn't know what to do, right? Because back in the day, Mm -hmm. they would never put the body. Like I said, they wouldn't, look how they treated people. So why would they put a headstone on? It's true. And also when you, like, I don't know what these people were. It goes back to the thing. like They were human. They were were treated Mm unhuman-like because human rights was not developed. Like, people were not being treated well. Like I said, children and women had no rights. Can you imagine women? And children didn't have any rights. So you can imagine criminals yeah. had no rights. It depends. Do they have a... Are they a man or... Sorry. Well, you don't mean like... They know, just don't... Just, they didn't have... back in the 1880s. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So back in the day, they didn't have the... No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't have... Because they would have just seen them if they had done something horrible like murder or rape. They would just be like, these people don't deserve to be remembered. Yeah, exactly. So experts with a Toronto-based archaeologist service pick it... Uh, apparently, they identify the remains of 15 criminals who were buried... There at the ex- and now at the executions at the Donjo between 1872 to 1930, and they have no idea who they were. They, they were just, had no idea. They just found these remains, so they painstakingly bodies? went through all the bodies. That's like such a TV show waiting to happen. Like I know, and and then like there'd be like a plot twist. Like maybe they weren't hanged. Maybe they were from a different scene. And someone bought them in from there. Oh, exactly. So I have the names of the prisoners, okay. and I thought it would be a good little homage. So. So, John Travis, age 22, he was hanged oh. in, yes, uh, February 22nd, 1872. Prime, he was violently wronged in the spirit. So, this is like, so, I forgot what he did. Okay. I, I have to look that up again. But this was a quote from him. Naturally violent when wrong, a spirit of revenge gradually possessed me, Mr. Travis said, according to a lengthy execution confession encountered the Globe and Mail. Back in the day, it's actually the globe. So had some anger issues. Uh-huh. John Williams, 194, uh, say he was 49. He died on November 30th, 1877. Crime. According to archaeologists, Mr. Williams kicked his wife to death in a drunken range. Oh, my gosh. And the couple had 14 children. Oh, that poor woman. Yeah. So, George Bennett, 32. He was hanged on July 23rd, 1880. The crime on March 1880. An agitated Mr. Bennett, who has been fired from the post. This is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. So he was fired from the post as an engineer of the Globe and Mail press room for his drinking, confronted the paper's founder, George Brown. So if you're mm-hmm. from Toronto, George Brown is a phenomenal, it's a great college and is an, it is an institution of a college in Toronto. He was like one of the fathers of like confederation Fish, or something yeah. too, right? Yeah, he was, yeah. yeah. So Mr. Bennett was carrying a pocket rambling letter Detailing his grievance against the Globe employees, and he had a gun. In his, it goes in insurance struggle. So he was insurance struggle. His he cocked his pistol and fired a bullet into the leg of the father of Confederation, Mister Brown, who obviously took the bullet and unfortunately died weeks later due to an infection of his wound. 
That is like a CBC miniseries waiting to be written. Just, to me, that just sounds like a story. Like, you know, like, yeah. here we talk about... Like, like a Murdoch mystery. Exactly. So it's funny, guys. Like, I'm not too sure, like, you heard this, that I actually got this information from the Globe and Mail. This is an article from the Globe and Mail. This gentleman worked for the Globe back in the 1800s, and he shot George Brown, the founder of the Globe. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So Robert Neal, who is also alias Thompson, under 20 years old, hanged February 20th, 1888, his crime, he killed a prison guard. Thomas Kane, 33, he was hanged on February 12, 1890. Apparently, he killed his sister-in-law. That's a whole other... Mm. It was his brother's sister, apparently, after his wife died. And then it was this whole... He ended up killing his sister-in-law. Harry, or so Henry, or known as Harry, William, a.k.a. August Schmidt. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, um, he was about 40 years old. Well, I want to know is when it's, why is it Henry, Harry? Henry, Harry Williams, a.k.a. August Schmidt. Jingleheimer Schmidt. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't be making fun of these poor people, but it's just, like Henry and Harry, they're pretty close. You don't really need an alias. That I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm asking, like, you know these people personally. Like, I do. Actually, I do. I will call it. I will text him right now. Dear William, a.k.a. August. Actually, I, has, I have him as Schmitty in Schmitty, my phone. I'm going to Schmitty. Hey, Schmitty, what up? So, Schmitty. So, I'm not making light of their deaths and what their crimes were. I just, mm-hmm. I'm laughing back in the day. So, he died on April 14th. He was hanged on April 14th, 1900. Crime. Shooting a Queen Street grocer. During a robbery, Mr. Williams was originally scheduled to be executed on... This is so Canadian. And being Canada and being raised... Not raised, but our religious and, I guess, our pious ways that they were back in the day. So I love this. And listen to this. So he was originally to be executed on April 14th. But it turned out to be Good Friday. Oh, yeah. No, according to... Yeah, exactly. They had to report and hang them another... They hanged yeah, them on another day. The whole town shut down Good Friday. So, exactly. It's like, oh, Donna, Donna, we cannot go to the hanging. We got to be going to Good Friday Mass. <laughs> but, Grab my bonnet. I don't know why I made a man sell so like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, it's so funny. Cool. Like, I remember when stores would shut down so, on Sunday. Yeah. Like, gone are the days. Yeah. Raw heathens. I'm myself now. Raw heathens. <laughs> so Alexander Martin, age 22, he was hanged on March 10th, 1905. Apparently he, oh, this one really oh, got me. Apparently he confessed to the drowning of his infant child because they were poor. Oh. And he said he was near mad and he didn't know what he was doing and he threw the child into the water. So that was. That's hard. Yeah. John Boyd, age 37, he was hanged on January 8th, 1908, shooting and killing another man. Pavel Sterov, I think I got this wrong, 46, he was age 46, he was hanged on December 23rd, 1909, crime, apparently hacking another man to death with a hatchet after his execution that Toronto detectives actually later discovered he was actually wanted for other murders in New York and Indiana. Whoa. So he made his way from Indiana to New York, from New York, and then to Toronto. Wow. So he had a shady pass. Pasquale, there... Venetisini. I'm glad you're trying to pronounce these names because I would just butcher them. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, but I don't have my glasses on, so um, I just like his name Pasquale. So he was 45, and he was hanged on June 30th, 1910. Crime, he stabbed and killed another man in a drunken fit. Jan, uh, this one, his name is Jan Zuko. Actually, he was a gentleman from, I think, the Ukraine. He was from a country. He was an immigrant. 
So a lot of these guys did not have language, uh, the English language, which is interesting too, because you can imagine how their cases were being treated. Mm. He was hanged on April 13th, 1915. Crime, he killed a man with a hammer during a robbery. Goes, Hesse, uh, goes This is Hans uh, Hessen Nevi. Nevi, he was age 36. He was hanged on January 3rd, 1919. His crime, stabbing and killing a Canadian Pacific Railroad bridge worker in Weston. Frank McCullough, a.k.a. Leroy Stewart. Again, I don't know where these names came from. 24. And he died. He was hanged on June 13th, 1919. Crime, he killed a detective. And then Frederick... Davis, 45 years old. He was hanged on May 9th, 1922. His crime killed an eight-year-old boy by slitting his throat ear oh to ear. Goodness. I'm so sorry, guys. I just, oh, I'm so sorry. I should really. Yeah, he slit a child's throat from oh, ear God. to ear and then crushed his skull. Apparently, he had syphilis, and which may have given him dementia. Like, he was oh, apparently. He was, yeah. He was. That could mess with. Yeah. yeah but As we still, know, dementia. Oh. I mean, um, what we know that uh, syphilis does play with your, it does. Mess with your mind. Mess with your mind and unfortunately cause severe mental health issues. So, so to, yeah, I know. So, okay, and then there was one more, sorry. Edward um, Stewart, 33, he was hanged on March 24th, 1930. He killed a Gerard Street butcher during a robbery. On a side note, completely random and kind of off topic. Sure. I recently found out that you can use whatever name you want as long as it's not for fraudulent or nefarious purposes. So if I just decided one day I wanted to be Sherry Jenkins, as long as I wasn't doing it for nefarious purposes, it's okay. Okay, people, you heard that. Her name is no longer Beth. It's Sherry Jenkins. And you can complete. You can write to her as Sherry for fraudulent Jenkins. Purposes. No. No, I could be wrong. That that was hearsay, but it makes me like I want to know like these names. Like, did they get them? Did they pick them themselves? Did they like get them from somewhere else? Okay. Was uh, it like a case of mistaken identity? Like, how did you become Leroy? I don't know. Maybe he chose his name. Maybe I don't know. And Sorry, this is where my mind goes. So okay, guys. So that's going to be a challenge for you. If you want to email us or you want to Facebook us, some cool alias names for Beth and I. Yes, because I, you know what? I like the people who are listening right now. I know you love us, but if this thing blows, I don't know. Do I want to be me? <laughs> we can have alias names. So come up with some alias names for us. Nothing inappropriate, please. I Something I can say, actually, on air. <laughs> I'll take the inappropriate because I am inappropriate. The inappropriate ones, yeah. So now I'm going to get into the haunting. <laughs> Not too much because copyright. <laughs> Sorry. That's true. You can't go over. <laughs> I think you went over three, three, three bars. Okay, we're good now. You're safe. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so, some well-unknown facts. Like I said, the catacombs was built during the early years. Used to put prisoners down there, starve them to death, and then would beaten and would bring them down there to die. They're dragging them and burying them to the unknown graves. So, again, who knows if even there was bodies in the ground yeah, and be. buried in the walls. Who knows? So, so, this, we know, apparently, again, mm-hmm. the Don Jail is notorious with hauntings. Everybody knows this. Like, there's stories. There's tons yeah, of stories. It's, you don't grow up in Toronto without knowing that Don Jail is haunted from a very young age. Exactly. So, I'm going to, unlike Beth, I'm not going <laughs> to go poo-poo this, because I'm getting from hearsay. This is from first-hand accounts. This is from the former... My neighbor, who's a former jail guard who worked there for almost 40 mm-hmm. years. 
See, that seems more legit to me than like a bunch of like like a twenty one year old who came out after a movie being like, I thought I saw a child. I know. Like, like and then there's always a child. If you do a person who had that experience, I'm not making light of you. If if that happened yes, to you, she please let us. Just joking. Because let us know if that was you. But please continue. So, ghost hauntings. Um, said I'm getting from hearsay. This is from a neighbor who is a skeptic who does not believe in this stuff. He is the one who said he would go in there. At nighttime, they would cut, you know, they flip the coins who would go the certain corridors, especially okay, where the gals were, right? Well, that's what they were getting paid for, but they'd have, the, when they worked the graveyard shift, and he said you would go into the certain corridors, especially where the gals were. Mm-hmm. And he said you would hear the, like, clanking of chains, just of the old-fashioned, you know, the chains, because yeah, they used to, the like, ones. they used to chain the people back in the day. Mm-hmm. Back, you know, when before it closed, Prisoners were allowed to walk around freely. Like, they weren't shackled. No. But these were sounds of shackles he heard. Like, you'd actually hear the dragging of shackles. He'd also think you'd hear the moaning of somebody in agony. Oh. Right? You hear... And then he said that the freak is what was when he walking through. He said it'd be like like a day like this, like where it's, it's humid and hot yeah. outside. And all of a sudden, you feel this immense coldness. He goes, it was like walking into a freezer. You could see your breath, how cold it was in these places. He goes, even the hottest summer, you would see your breath. That's how cold the place is. Yeah. So again, if you're familiar with the paranormal, usually cold spots are an indicator that there's something there, like cold spots and just being around. You have this chill, and like you know, chills. He said you get the chills. The hair in the back of his neck would stand up all the time. He said the smells, and then you get these like, I guess they'd be like. Uh, anomaly kind of smells like where they just the phantom smells like of what you can't quite but it's smell of death almost okay so it's like these weird things like you know just and the and and the feeling of being watched see that's the creepy thing like i can explain away the coldness i can explain away the smell but that creepy feeling that makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck see that's what gets me but i think he said there's certain smells like almost like old like cigars and kind of smells that prisons don't smoke fair enough yeah. Right, and so there's like, but it's like there's distinctive smells that you know prison smell like, but there's this weird smell like mm-hmm. he said the sickly smell, like the sickly sweet smell. Side note: Does anyone remember like it must have been like four or five years ago down on the Danforth? All of a sudden, there was like a really foggy night, and there was this putrid smell. Yes. Do you remember that? I was yes. still trying to figure out what that was. Yes, I do remember that. I actually remember okay, that smell. I'm, it was yeah, a hot, it was in the summertime. Yeah. It was in the summertime. It was actually. See, that's what I thought of when you thought of it. To this day, no one has been. No. Here. They just said it was a weird freak sewery thing. It's like the light anomalies I saw four years ago that a couple of friends have actually posted on Facebook where it looked oh. like a triangle. Okay, we need that's to That's a difference. Then that's, that's a different for, story. And that's for another different day. podcast day. Yeah. But yeah, just like, and I said, um, I just, but the, for me, like, you know, this is a, my neighbor who, again, staunch old man who just, who's like, swears like a trucker and a sailor and he just does not believe in this stuff but he would tell me he's like yeah just this place just he said it was horrible like to work there at nighttime like so like it goes but just to hear the the clanking of the chains were like and him and his his partner like when they're doing the graveyard shift like they're like where the heck is that coming from like was this when people were actually still in yeah okay so it's not like there's a raccoon running around no it's not a raccoon and it's like the prisoners would be asleep Oh, that's creepy. Because they have bread time. They have yeah. to be in bed by a certain time. They have to be asleep at a certain time. So they're walking around doing yeah, the graveyard shift, and they're doing their checks. And that's when <laughs> I thought it was a cat coming through here again. So it'd be interesting that how much of this, and how, how I always wonder about the prisoners. What did they see? Yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Like, That's what I want to it'd know. It'd be interesting to hear it from that perspective. 
active. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So that is the Don Jail. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I'm pretty skeptic about a lot of things, but that that one I... The Don Jail? No. I the, the amount of deaths that were... The hangings there and then the deaths that happened with prisoners, mm-hmm. prisoners and the prisoners' guards. And for so and, long. Exactly. And during the 1800s, how... Yeah. Mistreatment of humans. Yeah. So... That's a lot to take in. So, if There's you... There's a lot of robberies in the 1880s. Yeah. I didn't think we had that many... Yeah, there's like, nothing, we there were, nothing to we were do. Hop in city, but like I didn't think they had that many stores to rob. There was nothing to do in the 1800s. You drank, you got in bar fights, and that's like you robbed. For those of you who think Canadian history is boring, no, just Google Canadian history: getting drunk and setting things on fire, and that is like a whole bunch of Canadian trouble. And a little side note: in the 18 was it 1920s, prohibition happened down at the junction. Because of two brothers who got a bar fight that booze was actually banned from the junction for the longest time from the bars. Really? Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. There's a million other neighborhoods surrounding it. That yeah. Didn't do prohibition. Exactly. So, um, a little true facts, Canadian and Toronto facts there. Oh, we should do one one day on the prohibition run from Canada to the States. And the Hamilton. That's going to be another story because Hamilton's yeah. got lots yeah. and lots there. There's lots of good prohibition stories. So, yeah. So, if you have any stories, maybe you are one of the lucky folks who actually got to do the doors open. Oh, yeah. Or if you've done the ghost walk. Oh, I just think I've done the ghost walk. But if you ever got to go in there at nighttime. If you had a freaky experience at Eglinton Town Center and you think I'm crazy for poo-pooing it. Yes. You can get back at Shirley Jenkins. <laughs> Dear Shirley Jenkins, I have been listening to your radio show, and I think you are full of it. <laughs> How dare you insult <laughs> us and making fun of us. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, that is our story this week. I feel like we kind of just channeled our inner Tim and Dave from Darkness. Oh my gosh, there. I know. Hi, Dave. Hi, Tim. <laughs> so, yeah. That was really cool. I want to go read more about the Don Jail. I want to go spend a night at Don Jail. I do not. <laughs> I would love to just do an investigation I there. In the morning. I would love to do an investigation there. So it would be cool. I don't Come think on. I'd go overnight. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah. But if you're interested, do make sure you check out our Facebook and our Instagram page for more links and more information on the places we talked about tonight. And where can they find us? You can find us at Scareberia. That is our Instagram account, and we have our Facebook page, which is Facebook Scareberia. Facebook slash Scareberia. I think that's about it. And then email us if you have any locations you would like us to talk about at Scareberia at gmail.com. I will get there. (laughs) So I just want to say thank you. We forgot to do the last two podcasts. I just want to do a big thanks to our music guy, Bradley Persons, at Train Sound Studio. He did. He's the one. He's amazing. He's amazing. He's the one who literally took our idea and he's like sure and he got our basically got us what we wanted and he got to a t that's awesome so thank you so much bradley if you're interested you can check him out at again www.trainsoundstudio.com and to our lovely joel thank you joel at east coast studios who has amazing touches of if you want to talk about witchcraft he's the one of the witchcraft of like creating and right. taking this and making a sound much more eloquent than we actually are which god bless him because he needs like keeps amount for me because i am a rambling mess and yeah so and he makes it sound good so thank you so much to joel from east coast studios and to our artist and our artist yes 
We're going to look up her name because we found her online. We, she's amazing. She's a fiver. And her name is actually Brick. It's like Brick Kanger. Brick Kanger. She is absolutely amazing. She's the one who created our lovely art for us. She, again, another great person who just took our vision of macabre and twisted and Victorian and just kind of like created this amazing twist and just created our artwork. So thank you so much for that. And we look forward to hearing you next week where I will hopefully talk about something that's not World War II based. Or that actually is haunted. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Until then, stay creepy and spooky. And we will see you guys and talk to you guys soon. Take care. Bye.